Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. This is Norman Bell, host of the Hell Yes Life podcast. Welcome once again. Today, uh, my guest on the show is Paul Maskell. Paul is a small business owner and advocate and the host of the podcast, The Business Owner's Freedom Formula Show. When Paul started his first business in 2011, he was working 60 to 80 hour weeks on a business that couldn't survive without him. After systematizing everything and empowering a team to run the business better than he could, revenues nearly doubled to 500K, while the number of hours he worked dropped below 40 hours per week. Now, Paul helps ambitious business owners automate their business so they can financially, uh, finally leverage their business to build a life that they love. Paul, welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast. Norman, thank you so much. Excited to be here. Great. So, Paul, we'll get into everything that you're up to, but I always like to start off by asking my guests, what is your hell yes? What is that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? Yeah. So, I would say really, you know, at a micro level, helping small business owners, kind of what you said, automate, scale their business so it can begin to thrive without them. Uh, you know, they make more money, have more time, but do what they really want to do in this life. And that, to me, is imperative because we all started our business for a specific reason. And a lot of times we as business owners never achieve that. So empowering them and casting that vision and helping them make that happen, you know, coming from my background in the corporate world, that's why I quit. I was like, this is, this life is like so mundane and I'm doing this for like 40 years to then have that hell yes life. Yeah. I didn't want to wait 40 years. By that time it could have been 50, who knows what retirement age will be. Uh, so it was like, I might as well do something I love every day. For, so for me now, it's really just helping people, helping business owners uh, take what they've already built to get them to where they really want to go. Awesome. Awesome. I think that a lot of our listeners can relate to what you're talking about, whether they're what, whatever stage in their journey they're at, whether they are in that corporate job and have a little hankering to learn more about people who are doing other things and have made that leap. Um, or maybe there's other people who have already made that leap, but they're, they're looking for ways to, you know, get out, out of the weeds of their business. So when did you first realize that this was your hell yes? Yeah. So probably, well, I knew, so when I was leaving, when I was in the corporate world, like I said, I, I, to me, it wasn't worth it to do something that I didn't feel valued. Didn't feel like I was a part of something. Didn't feel like I was making an impact. So to me, to quit my job and do my own thing. I didn't want to have the regret of not doing that and wondering what would have happened if I started my own business? Uh, what would have happened if I would have taken that leap and not been scared and not listened to everybody else? So it was probably at that point, you know, two or three months into it. So when I first started my business, quit my job, started it, I was like, this is a no brainer. This is going to work. Like I've done all the due diligence and then it didn't work right away, uh, which, you know, we always kind of overestimate on what is going to happen. Yeah, everyone's going to say yes. Yeah, I want to be your customer. I want to pay you to do what you're doing. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. So once that started to click, we were coaching, we were running after school programs for elementary kids, youth sports programs, summer camps. Hmm. Once it started to click and the parents and the kids and the school administrators and the team that I was building, like once that happened, I was like, this is the hell yes. And then really 
kind of tying that all together since then, really just helping people. I've always loved coaching. So I coached, you know, youth sports, even when I didn't have kids, I coached nine and 10 year old basketball. Uh, I coached my high school golf team when I was in college. So I've always been around that aspect of, you know, coaching, helping others. And now to be able to do that on a business level after doing my own thing on a business level, uh, it really kind of has come full circle. Okay, good. So let's, uh, let, we're going to dive in a little bit uh, into the weeds of your story there so we can kind of hear your full journey. So there you are, you're working in a corporate job. You're like, I've, I've got to do something else. You, you, you finally take the leap into your own business. Can I ask like, what, um, can you describe that a little more? What, what was your, what was your initial business? You were uh, doing, um, yeah, after school programs for, for schools. And how did you, how did you get into that as your first uh, business venture? Yeah, so it was. So we were running after school golf and tennis programs for elementary kids. Like I said, I always love kids, love sports. So the way I got into it, it was, uh, it was a startup franchise at the time. So I was one of their first franchisees. Uh, and to me, it was like perfect fit, business, numbers, and then sports. Like this is awesome. Mm. Uh, and it was. And so that's really kind of how I, I found it in Entrepreneur Magazine. Um, and to me, it was kind of a good segue into, hey, I've got people behind me. I've got, you know, other people doing this that I could relate to if need be. Uh, and I took the leap and did it. And then ironically, 12 months into that journey, the franchisor who started the whole thing, hired me to help all their other franchises do what we were doing uh, just from growing the business. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then once we scaled it and sold it, everyone started asking me, well, how did you do that? So that's when I said, I can teach you. <laughs> okay. So th there's, um, and we're in that you talked about, um, or or in your bio, as we as we mentioned at the beginning, you were working sixty to eighty hour weeks. Was that in that business? And then um, you figured out a way to start to automate some of your processes. Do you start to dive into that part of it? Yeah. So probably two years into that journey, so I owned that business for four years. About halfway through, I was completely maxed out. I was running all the back end stuff the operations, the finance, the reporting, everything, the hiring, customer service, customer experience, everything. We, I had an awesome staff out delivering the programs, uh, but really the business model that I got into, they had never seen anybody that was the owner not be the operator because no one had scaled it, you know, say that quickly. It, like I said, it was a fairly new franchise uh, at the time. So there was no like proven model of this is how then you build a leadership team. But I got to the point where I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. And it's not that I didn't like it. I loved every minute of it, uh, but I knew it wasn't sustainable. And really what kind of clicked for me was, or probably what pushed me over the edge to take action was asking myself, what happens if I got hit by a bus? Cause we're building this business. Mm. It's supporting, you know, me and my wife at the time she was working full time, but we still needed that income. Uh, and if I got hit by a bus, the business would go to zero pretty quickly because I was the backbone of everything. So to me, kind of taking the lesson that I learned when I quit my job, I realized the worst case scenario wasn't as bad as everyone said it would be. Like if I go start my own business, it doesn't work. I can always go get another job, yeah. a safe job that everyone says is safe. Uh, so if I did the same thing while I was building a leadership team, if I delegated all the back end work, all the customer service, all the emails, the phone calls, and it didn't work, it was just gonna come back to me anyway. And it was already there. So I might as well try it. So obviously I had a strategy, I had a plan. We put, you know, put the team in place, started delegating. And that's when we really were able to reach our full potential, in my opinion, because everybody was really just focused on one thing, one area of the operation. And then I could really work on 
leading that team, working on the big picture things, you know, kind of the vision stuff. Uh, so it was probably halfway through where I just kind of hit that wall of we can't grow this anymore. And I'm the reason for that. Not to mention, it's not really a safe place to be if your business is built all around you. So uh, that's when I really made that shift, built the team. Uh, and then fast forward two more years after that, we had four full-time people uh, running the business on the back end. And then we had 40 part-time coaches delivering the service every day. So at that mm. point was uh, when I decided, hey, I love this, but I'm going to sell it if I can get a good return on it and then figure out the next step. Hmm. Okay. So you sell the business and, you know, congratulations on your success there. And I, I, uh, I'm at a very beginning stage of that, of just realizing like, wow, I need to get out of the weeds of, of, um, doing absolutely everything for my podcast. So I, I've uh, hired a virtual assistant who does a lot of the backend stuff and boy, it is a great feeling <laughs> to see like this email go out to, um, you know, reminder email to the guests, like, hey, you know, that I didn't have to write or send. I was like, oh, thank you so much. And, that, you know, they're, they're just a, a superstar uh, VA. So I, I'm, I'm really uh, getting my first taste of that, kind of getting somebody on board on the team. It's, it's really a great lesson to learn as a business owner to, uh, to ask for help, you know, that to get out of DIY into what another guest of mine calls DIT, do it together, do it, do it on a team, right? So... Um, so then, then what? So you, you sell the company and then you've kind of, uh, th th tell me about your kind of, um, your journey to, um, your next steps where you decided that, uh, that your, your, you know, your next step would be to help other people learn how to do what you've done. Yeah. So like I mentioned, so about a year into owning that first business, the franchisor said, Hey, you're doing great things. We need you to teach other people how to run the business part of it. They had all the curriculum, everything. It was great. They had all the programming, the PhDs that wrote all the curriculum and education, but they needed help on the kind of business development, running the business standpoint. So I was helping with that, kind of consulting with them on that. But then I, that's when I, once I sold it, I stuck, stuck with them for like another year or two traveling around, teaching other people how to do this, and then was also kind of building up my own kind of coaching consulting practice on the side. Uh, and then probably two years, it was two years ago now, I bought another existing local business. So it was a dog walking and pet sitting business. Mm -hmm. And ironically, the lady who started the business left the corporate world to do it. And then she didn't have systems and processes in place, didn't have any employees. So she was doing everything you know, sun up till sundown, seven days a week, holidays, all that kind of stuff. So she said, I'm getting rid of this thing and I'm going back to the corporate world. So for me, it was a perfect opportunity because she had built the brand, had the good online reputation. She just needed the systems, the processes, the technology, and then most importantly, the team to deliver the service. And you know, what I see over and over again, especially in the service-based world, the person who starts it is the expert and it's their baby. Nobody can do it as well as they can. They're afraid to delegate. But I realized in order to get to where you want to go, that's what you have to do. So anyway, I bought the business, um, put the team in place, and then randomly, you know, in end of 2019, uh, we, we took a two-week trip, me, my wife, uh, and our daughter, we took a two-week trip to England and Scotland. And I had an employee kind of just holding down the fort if anything came up. I, was, I could run it all remotely, other than obviously being there to deliver keys or if there's an emergency or something like that. So I just put him in charge for two weeks. And when I came back, he said, Paul, I had so much fun the last two weeks with the team and the customers. I want to buy your business. So I said, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, 
so yeah, so he ended up buying the business, uh, which kind of catapulted me and propelled me into really doing the coaching, you know, really helping small business owners, mainly on a full-time basis. Uh, I am a partner in a landscaping company here in Raleigh. I just work and do all their systems and processes and backend and strategy, uh -huh. uh, you know, but really probably if I'm working 50 hours a week, it's probably 35 to 40 on serving my clients and doing podcasts and putting up value for small business owners. And then the other 10 to 15 is helping the landscaping company. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. That's interesting to come back from your vacation and have your employees say, Hey, I love this so much. Can I buy, I'd love to buy your business <laughs> and that you were, and that you were open to saying, yes, that doesn't sound like a conversation that happens that often, but uh, that's, that's really cool. Uh, it also made me think, cause I, um, we have a, a cat, we have a couple of cats and uh, there's a, a dog walking slash cat sitting service that we use. And I've, I've been impressed with their backend systems because you can go, you can just kind of do all your reservation stuff on online and she's got a team of people. So I think she's maybe in the vein of, of what you're talking about there versus trying to walk all those dogs herself, you know, <laughs> that would get For sure. kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So then let's, um, you know, obviously if, if people want the full meal deal, we'll, we'll give them uh, a, um, a way to connect with you at the end of this. But is there some, are there, and I'm thinking of um, our listeners out there, some of which maybe they have kind of, it sounds like your businesses so far have been in the physical world, right? So sort of uh, after school programs and uh, dog walking and so forth. And I'm wondering, um, I, I'm sure a lot of this applies to online businesses as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm wondering if you can give some kind of initial uh, thoughts to, to uh, people out there, regardless of what type of business they might have. Um, it's maybe some, a, a few uh, things that they might want to think of um, off the bat. Yeah. So really, like you said, it does apply either way. So like you, you're going through delegating something to a virtual assistant. I mean, the world is so flat now. If you want somebody else to do something, you can find that person. It doesn't have to be full time. You might need a VA an hour a day, whatever it is. Uh, but for me, I think the biggest thing to get over any hurdle, whether it's should I quit my job? Should I ask for a promotion? Should I start this business? Should I bring in my first employee? What I found was when I quit my job, I had quote unquote made it in my mind. I didn't have a boss anymore. I was self-employed. I had this freedom. This is great. And then my business kind of started running me because I realized I didn't have a vision after that. It's like, well, this is it. Um, and it probably stems back to when I grew, I grew up in Michigan, which is very blue collar and 99% of the business owners in Michigan were one man bands. My dad was a one man band, all the physical trades, everybody that was business ownership. So I didn't know any difference. So I was like, that's what I want to do. Even though growing up, everyone told me not to do that. They told me go to school and get good grades and go climb the corporate ladder. Uh, you know, so what I found was I didn't have a vision once I started running my business, other than I got to keep this thing moving. So once I got clear, like crystal clear on what my ideal life looks like from a personal standpoint, families, relationships, kids, mm. traveling, what do I really want to do? What do I want to do philanthropically? So what causes do I believe in? Where do I want to spend my time? Where do I want to give money? And then obviously professionally as well, when you can get really clear on exactly where you want to go, yeah. it makes it a lot easier to make those tough decisions and remove the emotion because that becomes your ultimate filter of, should I do this? Should I not do this? It's like, well, is it getting me closer to that vision or is it pulling me further away? Why, why not? And that makes it a little bit easier for you know, anybody to get over that hump of, I'm not going to have regrets if I do this because I know it's going to get me closer to where I really want to go. And if you're a business owner, it's my belief that 
you should be able to build a business that supports that ideal lifestyle. Whereas most of the time we put our ideal lifestyle on the back burner just to keep this business thing going, but we don't know why we're doing it other than we've got customers and we've got bills and we just got to keep, you know, keep the hamster wheel going. If we get off, it's going to stop. So if you can get really clear on that vision and how much money does it really take to live that ideal life, that hell yes life, it's probably not as much as you think. Yeah. And then you can reverse engineer what kind of business do you actually need to build? And it might not be, the multi-million dollar business that everyone says you have to have and that you can create overnight by looking at everything on social media. Yeah. 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 I like this. And, um, you know, it's making me think a little bit about the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss. Uh, kind of, I, 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 a lot of what he talks about in there is automating, you know, or kind of getting yourself out of your business. Basically I can just remember, you know, yeah, a lot of stuff about the, uh, virtual assistant and, even if you're at an early stage in your business, that like like I am, um, you know, he was encouraging to to um, do this as an exercise in delegating, you know, and and to yeah, uh, to just you know, and having to go through this process of explaining how to do things in your business to other people, it's uh, you know, an exercise in leadership in a way. Um, and what um, what would you say to people that? you know, that are listening now that let's say they, it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is let's, let's imagine that the, there's some listeners out there that they, they have started their own business. Maybe they're at that point where they're uh, hopefully not working 80 hour weeks, but let's say, you know, they're, they're, they're right in the center of their business, a one man uh, or one person band. And um, what, what uh, initial steps would you uh, recommend that they take, you know, one, two or three initial steps? Yeah. So I think once, once they know where they want to go and they're clear on that and they know what kind of business they need to build, it's just, if you take one action every single day, and like you said, even just delegating, um, that's a huge thing because we actually just had this, this exact discussion of what you referenced on my mastermind call yesterday. Somebody was looking to just get in the rhythm of, I need to hire an employee. I'm doing a lot of revenue. I can afford it, but I'm really scared. Yeah. And we just said just hire, like literally you could hire a personal assistant, an executive assistant, a virtual assistant, just to teach yourself how to teach other people to do what you do. It could be the simplest thing is this is how I read my emails. This is how I connect with this person. This is what I do. Like just so you can start getting in the mode of you don't always have to be the doer. And to your point about your virtual assistant, once that person does it successfully, you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. What else can I give this person? Mm -hmm. Because now you're, if you're paying this assistant, maybe 10, 15 bucks an hour, whatever it is at the high end, your time is worth way more than that. So if you can buy 10 hours of time at $10 an hour, that's $100 you're investing to then probably go make 500 if you use your time yeah. wisely. So I would probably just have them get started there. The other thing that I would recommend everybody do is find a group of people who are doing exactly what you're doing. It doesn't have to be the same industry, but business ownership can be a lonely world, isolation. You know, we could sit in our office all day and not talk to anybody. And we feel the battles we're going through, nobody else is going through when in reality, everybody is. We just don't talk about it yeah. because we're entrepreneurs. We can figure it all out. We don't need help with anybody. And then we realize when you start having these conversations, it's like, oh, everybody goes through this. It's okay to struggle. And then when you start having those conversations with those people, they might've been through exactly what you're trying to go through right now. And they're like, hey, just do it this way. And it's gonna be a lot easier. Like, oh my gosh, you just saved me like six months of my life. So those would be kind of the two things. Learn how to teach other people to do what you do. And that's probably, you know, me being a, even just a sports coach of coaching kids how to do things, that's definitely helped. And then surrounding yourself 
with like-minded individuals. As everybody says, I think Jim Rohn said at first, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And yeah. if you're hanging out with your four neighbors who always complain about their job, yeah. you're going to be complaining about what you do too. And you're going to be brought down by them. Whereas if you're hanging yeah. out with people who have the hell yes life mentality, you're going to get a lot further just because, you know, the rising tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've just joined a mastermind group of, of you know, somebody else who has a, a you know, well-known podcast and I'm around a bunch of other coaches. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like you got to surround yourself with people who are doing the same sort of thing. Cause if you're not, then I, you're often interacting with people who just kind of give you a blank stare. Like, just like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you know? And then you start to feel like there's something wrong with you. So yeah, your tribe is out there. You just need to find them. Um, so what, um, let's say uh, another question I'm having in my mind is, uh, around this, it sounds like you hired a lot of full-time employees, um, you know, for online, uh, entrepreneurs who may be just a kind of a one person show. Uh, of course you want to encourage people to, to delegate, but does everyone need to get a full-time employee? I've heard a lot of people say like, yeah, I, I have some, you know, I have a virtual, a part-time virtual assistant, or I have um, some contractors that I work with on Fiverr to do, you know, design or whatever it is. Um, what, what are some different ways that that could look? Yeah. I mean, really whatever you can think of, it's the, the ability to do that's out there. So something as simple, like you said, having a VA that if you run a podcast, they're going to do your show notes. They're going to Maybe they edit your podcast if you don't have the budget to hire, you know, a high-end podcast editing agency. Whatever it is that you don't like to do or that somebody else could do for cheaper than you can do it, then you could find somebody to do that. It could be a VA. It could be a contractor. It could be another company that that's what they specialize in. You know, like instead of going to Canva and trying to create some graphic that takes you a couple hours, oh, yeah. you can go to Fiverr or I have a, you know, I have one designer that I work with and she creates good branding and stuff. And it's like, whenever I need something, it's like, Hey, Melody, can you do this? So she's got her own company. She's not technically a VA or a contractor. She's just another service provider uh, that's out there. And the last thing I would yeah. say is if you, if you ever say, I wish there was a piece of technology that can do X, Y, and Z, it's probably out there and it's probably more, more affordable than you think. So to your point, the dog walking business, that's an in-person business. And when I started diving into it, it's like there are all sorts of companies that have built technology just to serve people who own dog walking business, which is crazy. <laughs> like awesome. 10 yeah. years ago, like it just shows you how big of the market is. So, um, you know, if you ever find yourself saying, I wish there was a piece of technology that could do this, yeah. it's probably out there. And I think that goes, goes back to getting around your tribe because mm. then you start sharing resources and yeah. saying, Hey, this one doesn't work, but this one's great. Uh, you know, and then you can really get to where you want to go probably a lot faster. It really is an amazing time in that sense. I mean, there's, you know, it was like, oh, the people could say, oh, there's a lot of, you know, trouble in our times. But uh, definitely one of the pluses in this day and age is if you have an idea of like, oh, I wonder if there's a technology that helps people with X, go ahead and Google it. And, and I, yeah, I agree. Like it's uh, nine times out of 10, it seems like, yeah, somebody did think of that. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, so what about, let's talk about systems and processes and, and, um, uh, yeah. Is there anything aside from delegating to other people uh, and, and, you know, maybe we could look at your dog walking business as an example or anything else that comes to mind. What are some other backend processes that, uh, that you've put in place that might uh, lessen the load on, on a, a business owner? 
Yeah. So it really depends kind of what type of business you're building, but you know, the stuff that we use every day, whether it's with my coaching clients or with the landscaping company, uh, one is that industry specific technology. So there's a piece of technology just for the landscaping industry where it tracks all the routes and tells the yeah. customers when we're coming and all that good stuff. Uh, but what we use for communication is Slack. I use that in every organization that I'm a part of. Slack is probably, in my opinion, one of the best communication tools to stay in touch with people, especially if you're building a virtual team, it makes it really easy, it integrates with a lot of things. Um, you know, if you're building, I'm just going through all my favorites on my uh, web browser, just looking at all this other stuff we use. So we use a program called Jazz HR. If you are in the, pro if you hire a lot of people and you need kind of a constant flow of employees, Jazz HR automates all that. It's like 50 bucks a month. It's awesome. Uh, it brings you new leads every single day for people who want to work with you once you get it all set up. Uh, I use HubSpot as a free CRM tool. So if you want to track your sales leads and you don't want to spend any money on a sales CRM, HubSpot's got a good one. Uh, so I would say that's a couple of them. I'm reading notes off of Evernote. So Evernote's another great free tool. Uh, there's so many things that we use that we don't even realize because we use them all day, every day. Yeah. Um, and then we get into these conversations. Another one that I'm just thinking of just when I had that thought is, um, bomb, bomb, B O M B B O M B. It allows you to send video emails. Uh, it's awesome. It tracks when people open them, watch them. Uh, so if you want to do something different and if you need to get in front of somebody, you, you host a podcast, Norman, you know that every single day you get emails from people saying, Hey, I'm awesome. I want to be on your show. Yeah. And they just copy and paste that to, I don't know how many people until their email gets shut down probably. Yeah. Um, but if you really want to genuinely authentically connect with somebody kind of, especially in the cold email space, uh, using bomb bomb, it's a paid service, but it's embeds the video basically right in the email. It's got a oh, GIF wow. or a GIF. So it shows the first couple seconds, really powerful tool. Like I said, wow. that one is paid, but it's awesome. And it's also really good once you have clients, because then you can, if they have an email, or if they have a question, or if you have, you know, prospective clients that are looking to work with you and you send them a video response of you talking, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. He actually wow. took the time to send me a video. So that's probably five or six tools that I would say, you know, we can't live without. And there's probably 20 other ones that I use that I don't even think about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, wow. That's a good one right there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm finding like, yeah, anything that I can do to get out of writing and into like an audio message or a video, like here we are on zoom right here is speaking of other tools, zoom, you mentioned Canva, I use Canva all the time and, or now I'm, you know, my virtual assistant is using it more, but <laughs> good. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, that sounds like a good one. Um, and let's see. So the, yeah, there's tons of tools out there, right? So is it, and that's a good tip about uh, if you're in a particular industry to maybe just Google like a oh, landscaping software or something like that. And, and maybe there'll be something uh, for your particular industry. So tell me about your podcast. You started a podcast, the business owners freedom formula show. I think we're, we're, we've already touched on some of what's probably in the freedom formula, but you know, there's something about a formula that makes me curious. I've got to want to, I want to <laughs> know what the formula is. Um, so, but tell us a little bit about the podcast, if there's anything else to share about a freedom formula and, um, and yeah, who, who are you having on the podcast, et cetera? Yeah. So, uh, we've been at it since 2017, I think, I think that's when I started it. So it's been going on for quite a while, basically two episodes a week. One, every Monday we interview someone that's smarter than me. I tell everybody someone yeah. that's an expert in something and they, we dive in interview based 30 to 45 minutes, kind of like this one. And then 
Every Thursday is me, quick tip episode, less than 10 minutes, something tactical, actionable that they can implement in their business. Uh, I was just talking to somebody today that reached out. He said, man, I love your podcast because it actually tells me exactly what I should do in these situations. And uh, a lot of the feedback I get is because I've owned and I still own local businesses. So I'm actually able to provide that value where what I find is a lot of business coaches have never actually owned a business other than their coaching business. So yeah. uh, we really, tr- I really try and take real life examples of what I'm going through or what my clients are going through and put that out into the world and just help the small business owner. They're my people. Uh, you know, cause when I was a small business owner at first, it was just like kind of what we talked about. Like, does anybody get this or is it just people complaining about their jobs? I don't get it. Uh, so really trying to connect and help them get to where they want to go. And really the formula is kind of what we talked about of, figuring out where you really want to go. What kind of business do you need to build to get there? And then let's put the systems, the processes and the people in place. So your business can thrive without you. At that point, you have so many more options. You could sell it. You could have somebody else run it for you. You could pass it on to the next generation. It could become a passive income stream where it just stays in your portfolio and you go do it again. Uh, You know, and it really just gives you the freedom of choice to do what you really want while having the peace of mind of that. Hey, if something does happen or Hey, if I do take a vacation, my business is going to continue to support my family, support me, support my goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that vision for a second. And I've heard other people talk about, and actually on this show, I, I typically will at the, towards the end, and I, and I will ask you as well about um, your cringeworthy vision, a vision so big that it makes you cringe to think about sharing it with other people. But before we go there, um, what, what would you recommend that people, let's say that's where it sounds like that's where we want to start actually is like, what is this ideal hell yes life that we want to be living? And even, you know, we're talking about on the ground, what does that look like on a daily and weekly basis? Um, so what, what are some things you would recommend people think about as they're creating that kind of trying to get clear about that vision for themselves? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple exercises that I do is, and if you have a spouse, you do it with them, do it with your kids. Uh, my opinion is you dream together if you're married, like, hey, we got to do this thing together. Yeah. Uh, but figure out what, you know, I kind of look at three aspects, personal, professional, and philanthropic. So those are kind of the, where we decide to spend our money, spend our time. Uh, and what really would be at least, what do you envision the perfect life in three years? If you could do this in three years, you'd be like, hell yes, this is awesome. Uh, you know, so really just mapping it out and then putting a legitimate dollar figure to it. So I'll just go through a spreadsheet of like, okay, what are your kind of personal expenses? Like things that have to get paid, your mortgage, your car payments, whatever. If you want to travel for 12 weeks out of the year in your hell, hell yes life, how much is that going to cost? If you want to give back to your church, how much do you want to give back? Do you want to tithe? Do you just want to give a certain amount? Or are you more into, I want to give my time. I want to go volunteer for three or four weeks. So my wife's big into volunteering, so she goes to Central America and South America to give her time. So that's kind of part of her vision of that's what I want to do more of when we get there. So getting clear on it and then getting clear on how much will it actually cost you to do all this stuff that you really want to do. And obviously having a line in there for I want to invest in passive income streams, whether that's real estate, other businesses, whatever it might be. So get crystal clear on all that, the dollar amount, and then if you don't know how to do this work with somebody that does, that knows the financials of how much revenue would my business have to do in order to enable me to make X amount of money to live that hell yes life, mm-hmm. whatever that dollar money is, that is your goal. And then you have to yeah. kind of reverse engineer. Okay. To get to that point, 
we need a thousand more customers because you know your customer lifetime value and you know all that stuff. Okay, well, if we need a thousand customers and our close rate is 50%, okay, we need 2,000 leads. Like then you just reverse engineer and then I'm a huge fan of the 12 week year. So then you just chunk it into 12 week increments mm. of, hey, if we get 20 new clients this 12 weeks, we are on our way to that three year goal, whatever that, however it breaks out. But then it allows you to stay crystal clear, focused blinders on of this is what I'm doing in the next 12 weeks. Everything else is white noise and I need to ignore it because we as entrepreneurs, we have bright, shiny object syndrome and we will chase anything for reasons that don't really make sense, but it's usually an excuse to not do what we really need to do. Cause it's like, yeah. we can justify it to ourselves. Like, well, I was thinking about this or someone told me I should do this. It's like, no, this, this, you need to stay focused on that. So yeah. that's kind of the process that I would walk people through initially is just kind of get really clear on all those numbers and figures and time, you know, kind of how are you going to spend your most valuable assets and how much of that do you need? That is awesome. That's great. Uh, thanks for kind of breaking that all down. And um, that's a really practical sort of a, uh, um, you know, tangible way to kind of work your way back from your big vision, your hell yes vision to, okay, what do I actually need to do on the ground today? Sometimes when I'll ask people about their cringeworthy vision, it's a, I, I think it's a useful question to just kind of think really big, but sometimes I, I've heard some people say like, yeah, I don't really do that because um, it's so kind of detached from where I'm at right now that it almost can feel defeating. So, you know, take what you like and leave the rest sort of thing. But, um, but that sounds, that's kind of that reverse engineering. I've heard a lot of people say that, uh, that is, um, that's good advice. I have a question. So you're a coach now and I'm kind of in the midst of developing my business services, including coaching mastermind groups, that kind of thing. Uh, and what, um, what about the, the, all these things that we're talking about applied to a coaching business? Um, I hear it sounds like you have a mastermind group too. What are some ways that a, a coach can kind of get out of the weeds of their business? So I, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, getting out of the uh, dollars for hours, um, you know, uh, transact, you know, that, that kind of model. Uh, what are your, your thoughts about that? Yeah. So I think we all probably start there trading time for money when you get into any business and coaching is no different. So I started out just doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and then uh, realized that, you know, that was really draining. I had to charge a lot in order to achieve my goals. And that high price tag just really kept a lot of my ideal customers out. I love the small business people. We can get massive results for them, but a lot of them don't have, you know, $2,000 a month to spend on that. They just don't. Um, no matter how good you are at your sales process, I'm not going to put people in a bunch of debt. Uh, I want to do what's best for them in their business. So, you know, for me, that was kind of the first step into it. I had success. My clients had success. And then as we were selling the dog walking and pet sitting business, it was like, okay, I know I want to get into group coaching. I've been in, a, I've been a member of a mastermind for about a year and a half. And I've just seen the incredible value that I get from the accountability of my peers and really just being able to have those, you know, really deep conversations with people that you see every week, uh, which is sometimes hard to have as business owners. So I just saw so much value in creating that same model for business owners. Uh, and that's kind of what I transitioned to. So yes, technically with that, I'm still, you know, exchanging time for money, but now at least I can do one to many. Yeah. And then while I'm doing that in the background, I'm starting to build some online courses where, you know, I can serve people on specific problems that they have, whether it's hiring, whether it's building a team, you know, whether it's creating their customers into turning their customers into raving fans. So then kind of taking bits of 
the whole thing that I help people on. I'm like, hey, here's an online course, self-study type mm. of deal. Maybe we'll get on Zoom a couple times. Uh, but I think really the key for anybody that's in a business like coaching is, you know, you, aren't, you won't be able to build a team that totally removes you from everything if you are still the brand. But the key is to make enough money that you could then reinvest into some sort of security blanket, passive income stream. So that if something did happen to you, you know, you would still be able to make money financially, even if you couldn't serve your clients uh, in that way. And then everybody out there, if you are doing this, get yourself some disability insurance. That way, if something does happen to you, uh, you do have some income coming in because I'm sure you are relying on some of the income to pay the bills, support your family, do the things, uh, you know, just kind of the bare necessities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Good advice. Um, okay. So as we start to kind of wind down a little bit, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you that question, even though I've heard, you know, sort of this, this kind of practical answer around the vision, which is great. But do you have a cringeworthy vision, a vision so big, it makes you cringe to think about sharing it with other people. And now I'm giving you the chance to share that. Yeah. So I would say I'm probably, I'm really comfortable in the realm I'm in right now. And I think that cringe, cringeworthy vision would be like, becoming kind of a real well-known person in the small business space. I think I'm on my way there. Yeah. I believe I'm on my way there. Uh, but when you see the folks like a Mike McCallowitz, who is kind of done, he started his business, sold his business, started his business, sold his business, wrote some books. Now he's given keynotes to thousands of people. Uh, yeah. And, you know, watching somebody like that really inspires me at the same point, at the same point, that's like cringeworthy going in front of, you know, a couple thousand people and going, doing the whole speaking and everything, you know, so I think that would probably be the cringeworthy vision of, I know nice. I can do it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's, it's still pretty scary because I never would have envisioned that, you know, even five years ago, it's just like, Hey, I want to help a couple people, but now I know I can help a lot more people than that. Yeah. 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 I can see you kind of pushing up and like, okay, that's, that's the next stage. It's a little outside of the comfort zone, but that's where you're headed. Um, yeah. Good, good for you. And I, I can relate to that, that uh, cringeworthy vision. Um, great. Well, so if, if people wanted to connect with you more and um, uh, yeah, where, where on the internet would they, uh, would, would they go? Yeah. So uh, if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener. So you can just listen to the podcast, Business Owners Freedom Formula, uh, like I said, twice a week. And then if you are on the internet, you want to come find me. If you just go to paulmaskill.com slash mastermind, that's got all the information on the mastermind. So that way you can fill out an application. We can set up a time to chat, figure out what's going on in your business, what's working, what's not. And if it's something that uh, I believe we can help you with, then we would love to have you in the mastermind. So paulmaskill.com slash mastermind. And for the podcast, Business Owners Freedom Formula. Awesome, Paul. Yeah, and we'll uh, provide links in the show notes for this episode. So you can check, uh, 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 you know, get to Paul's website from there as well. Well, Paul, I always like to round things out by saying hell yes together uh, with my guests on the count of three. Are you willing and ready to do that? Hell yes, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> hey, you already said it. No way. Uh, all right, here we go. One, two, three. Hell, Hell yes. yes. All right. All right, Paul. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Norman. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. 
Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.